The deal is this. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid that read Dropper and Turn Wilson or his wheel. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid that read Dropper and Turn Wilson or his wheel. Wheel, 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 wheel. They unpissed. Wheel, 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 wheel. They unpissed. Time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magician. I'm Jeremy Greer, and I am Gary Butterfield, and this is Days of Future Cast, and we are doing something. How does this podcast go, Jerry? It's been a little while, and well, I've been it's sick. Been a, it's, it's been a minute, and you are you're in the ward. You're recording this straight from the vomitorium. Um, this is uh this is the podcast where we're talking about Grant Morrison's new X Men run, issue by issue, and then moving on to talk about other X Men shit because uh, we enjoy the X Men. It's true. It's very, very true. Uh, we are going to continue this run on New X Men. I um, I'm really enjoying this so far, and we're basically going to start a new arc with uh, the introduction of probably one of the coolest characters that came from this arc, Phantom X. Cool, coolest characters and coolest, uh, like as far as things, you know. At the end of this series, I want to do like a just a full episode talking about kind of like a little bit of impact, like what stuff did carry forward, like how this changed the X Men, and what stuff we wish. It changed the X-Men. And you it felt the best time to approach me with that was on the mic? Good job, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I've approached you on the mic about it previously, too. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the uh, I want to, like, one of the things that is really disappointing to me that no writers ever up and ran is introduced in this episode, which is the world and, like, the weapon program. Uh, that is something that gets referenced a couple times, but I think is exceedingly cool. Yeah, the uh, the sheer like imagination factor on like uh, heating up time to increase how how fast it goes, and then introducing human and mutant experimentation into that to see it evolve over millions of years uh, is just like completely fascinating. And it's all like techno word salad bullshit, but like it just lets you do anything. And I'm really surprised that people haven't picked up on this to do just the dumbest shit. Like I'm surprised we haven't had a second Spider Man Clone Wars that didn't involve the world oh, somehow, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like th- this was a gift that Grant Morrison created, uh, and it was just it was just left on the the curb, you know. Uh, so, and the, the character you're talking about, Phantom X, who is part of this, uh, I haven't read a lot of Phantom X after the new X Men stuff. Um, this has like to me, it has a little bit of a feeling of like this being Grant Morrison's like pet character he wants to add, but he's real fun. Like in the, in these issues, he is very fun. It is genuinely like uh, he's tricky. He lies a lot. And he is uh, he he is a cool character. Yes, in this, I enjoy it, him. I think it could feel uh, a little precious at times, um, mm-hmm. just with the like, especially in this in this issue with all of the French stuff and like him, him taking him to the the house and all of that business and just kind of acting a little bit above everything. Uh, but then you find out like most of that stuff is not actually real, and he's been basically is is an experiment himself and like all of a sudden that gets way way more interesting yeah Um, exactly like it gets recontextualized he's the coolest dude in the room and then you realize like it's all a lie 
Exactly. Which I think is a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting with, uh, this arc starts in issue 128, uh, which I think has a really awesome cover, like as far as just like the pinup, like iconic character covers. Yeah. It's a good drawing of Jean Grey presenting us with a phoenix. Yeah. Hey, like, here's this bird that I'm named after. Here you are. <laughs> yeah, here, here's, here's some force. Here, have, have some, some incomparable cosmic power. What, uh, um, what would the Gary bird look like? Have you ever thought about that? Like, have you put yourself in this bird? position? Yeah, like like the pocket force or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like the, exactly. Just the uh, you know, maybe one of those like puffins with the big eyebrows. Okay, like those guys. You know, they're they're fat. I think mine um, would just have to be a basset hound at this point. Like I just like oh a, sure yeah. yeah. It's, it's just I mean, my mine brand. would I mine would definitely be a cat, but if if it were a bird, mm-hmm. it might be one of those. But it'd definitely be like one of those like you know the cat from like the two of there are two of them meme like one of those badass like oh yeah yes yeah. yeah it's kind of scary. Um, yeah, so this cover looks great. Mm-hmm. Totally different artist. Uh, we're, we're back in the, uh, Igor Cordy hole though. Yes. Um, just so everyone knows. And, uh, boy, does everything look kind of terrible and it's hard to determine what's going on constantly. Um, yep. I'm, I'm going to get all of my complaints out. Actually, no, that's not true. I'm going to get some of my complaints out now and they bring them up more as I, as I think about them because like there are yeah. times in these three issues that I am just like astounded by how bad something looks. Yeah, he's not good at art and he's not good at characters. Like we we talked about, he every once in a while he pulls off a decent frame. We've talked a lot about how he's being rushed yes. through this. Like it's mm-hmm. only kind of his fault, but like ultimately, you know, they don't. Re- we talked about this. They don't remaster comics. I would love to see this arc done with Frank Whiteley. Oh yeah. Um, specifically, there are some things, uh, some action scenes of Phantom X that just like the We Three Frank Whiteley would have fucking murdered. Oh yeah. Like would have just looked so good. Um, and it's hard because he's introducing a lot of new characters. This this has some like ancillary X Men stuff, and it's hard when you're dealing with recognizable characters to have an artist who is so consistently off model. Yeah, and um, it's especially with some of this stuff because like there are times where, especially with the three or four women characters from the little side X Men team, he draws them so that they all look alike. So at t- I don't yeah. know if, whether it's Monet or Dark Star or or whoever yep. who is talking. Every once in a while, like somebody has an accent, and I'm like, oh, that's Siren. So okay, yeah. we're, we're that, that's where we are with that. But yeah, it's, it's really difficult to tell people apart, especially since almost all of their scenes are take place in a dark tunnel. Yes, yeah, you know, it's it, it's real tricky, and like it's weird because you can tell. The, the script of this, the visual language of the writing, you know, if you remember the don't at me thing, like we recognize that writing also deals with like scenes and stuff, not just dialogue is actually really good. Um, one of the things in rereading these issues that I, I find that I really love is the pace of cutting back and forth between the two sets of characters. Like it, it feels very um, cinematic to me. It's like very like much like a TV show, like a character will mention something and there'll be just be these very dramatic drops like. Oh yeah, and by the way, most of your team is probably dead. And then we cut over to a scene of chaos in the tunnels. Yeah. And that's a really cinematic, like really cool visual medium trick that would be carried better by better art. Yes, 100%. Uh yeah. So we start with uh Charles Xavier looking very much like a like someone squished spider Jerusalem and put him in a big suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh yeah. and basically say, you know, my name is Charles Xavier and I'm I'm I am a mutant. And uh he's given a speech and he's in France. Um, and I guess outside, like we're ha- we're seeing um, these like mutant and human riots, humans versus mutants, like that are happening in the streets. While he's basically yeah. s- saying, like, "Hey, we're gonna reopen the X Corps. We're gonna we're gonna get yeah. all. If, so if there's an emergency, all you have to do is think the word X, and we're gonna rush out and we're gonna help you free of charge." Yeah, yep. Uh, through through Cerebra, this riot's real serious. Like people are getting set on fire and shit. Um, 
And uh, we cut over to a locker room where our ancillary team here, like during this period of the X-Men, the idea was um, after Joe Casey's run of X-Men, which had uh, Banshee setting up something called the, the X-Corporation, um, this is the X-Corps, uh, a version of that where the idea is there's little like, there's so many X-Men and so many different, you know, X-Force, X-Factor, different people have been on the team. Um, these people will be little like closet teams. Uh, yeah. in different different areas so this is the one in france um and they're just kind of talking about it and we get some like old former generation x and new mutant characters and stuff that are kind of fun to see like what have these guys been up to jack and shit you know i am uh anytime jamie madrox shows up i am here for mm-hmm. it <laughs> yeah uh he's you know and in this version the way that grant morrison writes these characters it's not like he has i feel like he has a great handle on any of these characters individually. Like, I think he wanted some red shirts, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, and he gives them all this weird kind of party, ironic voice that I, I think semi works. Like, yeah. I, I think it works. I don't think it's perfect. Like if, if I were like, let's say I was a huge Richter fan. You know? <laughs> some, there are dozens of us. Like there, there's gotta be somebody out there who just loves Richter. Right. Hold on. I'm like, looking up. I'm looking at R slash Richter right now. Let me see what I can get. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're a big Richter fan, like this doesn't really sound like any, this doesn't really, this doesn't need to be Richter. You know, this could be anybody sure. like at this point, who's in that, in that thing, he doesn't even use his powers during like the, the whole thing. He doesn't say anything. Only Richter would say, or use his powers. There's one weird throwaway line about him being psychically immune to the big boss that I think never actually comes up again, but it's just, it is, he has a weird kind of sense of this team. If you can like blur your eyes and just think like, Oh, it's just miscellaneous X-Men and they're having fun you know, cause they're kind of young and they're kids and mm-hmm. they're used to doing this. Like it ends up making sense. You kind of just have to like push through some, the part of me that's like, Oh, I, I know cannonball. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know what cannonball's like. So they do like we're in this locker room. Yeah. We're, ahead, and we're, we're kind of introduced to that concept too, but like, uh, Jamie Madrox basically said, yeah, I feel terrible. Like you would think that if I could split myself into multiple people, like my hangover would be reduced, but actually we all have the same exact hangover. Like, why are we doing this the night after we all went mental on the dance floor? And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's definitely yeah. something that a UK comic, I mean, a, a, a guy from the U S <laughs> would definitely say, yeah, like just, uh, you know, Grant Morrison going clubbing, which is like, I'm sure just his very much his life, uh, here. Um, they're all suiting up because they have an emergency mission. Um, there was, uh, they have this train wreck in the, uh, the channel in the channel tunnel. Um, there are passengers stranded. Yes. Um, and they find it, you know, the reason why X corporation got the call is because there is a gene hazard. Um, and nobody's really clear on exactly what that means, but our little sub team here, um, we got uh dark star, uh, who I, I don't know if I read a comic with dark star. She's Russian. Um, Monet from generation X, uh, multiple man originally from X factor. And in the very good, like, miniseries that we'll have to read at some point for the show yeah. uh, madrox mm-hmm. uh richter and siren and cannonball from x-force yes uh i don't know on the like third page or so just speaking of dark star mm-hmm. like what is she doing in this second panel on the left hand side like is she throwing she, up is that what's happening right now <laughs> she drinks some water and she doesn't like it face here and then on the third yeah. panel on, on the right hand side like now she just oh, she's still doing face. it <laughs> and she, but she has a jacket now she's still in the same pose but she's like formed a jacket and Jean gray is pulling um like a, a communion wafer or like a birth control uh, circle. Yeah, I didn't understand what from was a happening vending with machine that at all. <clears throat> Cordy, I, I need you to fucking get it together, man. 
like try to try to think about this locker room as a as like a place right like it doesn't make yeah. any sense whatsoever like it's just it's yeah. just such bad blocking and throughout all have of your this. people doing something like i don't know just, yeah. it, it's like when you every once in a while you see a tv show where like you'll see an actor in the background and they're doing like a bit of business with their hands and they're really overdoing it <laughs> you know because they just <laughs> have something to do and like somebody is just like flipping a cane back and forth like a little too enthusiastically they're like okay like i understand it's hard to know what to do with your hands when you're acting but like you're drawing that shouldn't be a problem yeah um uh so we so we cut over to them you know walking up the stairs uh still talking about that like they basically get their mission and they're they're bantering like the idea is you just get people out you know you guys know what you do you guys are all have been doing this for years um we'll get you guys linked up as soon as we get cerebro ready um and the the goal is to get people out uh they have this little bit where they start talking about their code names and like I don't really understand what this is. Okay, like, good. Thank our, you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand this at all because they started talking about gladiator names and or something. I don't know what that means. Yeah, me either. I, this yeah. has to be like something that was going on at the time, maybe? Like, this, I, you know. Or like X-Corp. Like maybe X-Corp had that? Because I never read the Joe, like, Joe Casey run that this is reacting to. You know, so maybe that's what, what it is. It, it could definitely um, be just like making fun of something previous that, to, to, come at, to come. But uh, yeah, I, this, this made no sense to me when I was reading it any time no. that I have read it. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand it. Um, we cut over to uh, Jean and Professor X talking, and uh, Jean Grey again. Those really great panels where she's just sitting back and doing cool stuff with telekinesis, uh, making Professor Xavier a mineral water with lime. Uh, as Professor Xavier talks about how good it is, like, hey, you know, we uh, we came out, you know, uh, and went public, and now people are actually listening to us and taking us seriously. Like, yes, there are these riots, but. There is uh, some goodwill, like Gene says, um, combining this goodwill tour with a branding exercise has pretty much put the old feared and hated routine, put away the old fear and hated routine. Yes. And, uh, you know, Xavier's basically saying, like, this was this was the right step. And he's like, you know, she's like, wait a minute, you kind of sound like Cassandra Nova. And Xavier's like, you know what? She she was right on this one. Like, she knew what the next step was. And I was always too afraid to do it. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is yeah. again, like, this is the strength of writing a good villain is that where you can, you know, hey, Magneto made some valid points or whatever, right? Like, exactly. Cassandra Nova had a couple yeah. of good ideas that were like, oh, wait, like, maybe we should be not so strict in our, like, we, maybe we need to take off the scary mask and just be people, be like, not yeah. human beings but be people yeah him saying that like i see her as an agent of nature that was testing us you know like almost like just you know the same way that like a great disease or a flood or a natural disaster yeah you know might put you under pressure and cause you to innovate um the the reason why they're hanging out here is gene has asked uh, professor x to like look into her powers and she says well you know everyone thinks i'm going to turn into a, a monster i basically you need to tell scott that i'm not evil uh, <laughs> I need you to uh, tell my husband that I'm not turning evil is a weird thing to say to the guy that's probably yeah. kind of sexually into you. <laughs> in, in, in the, in the uh, canonically, it's what it was caused onslaught. Um, the uh, these four issues do a lot of good work with Gene and uh, Scott's relationship. Yeah, absolutely. this is like the beginning of the cracks in that in a really cool way. All the writing there is really deft. And again, these cinematic cuts, like that's a great like wham line to cut over to our introduction to Phantom X. Yes, uh, who is being chased by soldiers. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be like some sort of international like soldier crew or whatever, like that have just been given permission to hunt this dude down. Um, yeah. And uh, I like this because the dialogue here is kind of like awkward. Like the guy was like, yeah. uh, maybe he's gone and we can all go home and watch the European Cup final. And like nobody's like, it's the Euro, my man. Like we're going to watch the Euro. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I feel like Grant Morrison should know that. And like a Marvel editor was like, no, no, you have to be more specific than the Euro or something. Right. Like, yeah. Cause it's so weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Phantom X just like 
jumps down from on high and murders all of these dudes and some really like ugly looking art. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, just it, yeah. The, the blocking does not look good. They do a, a thing when Phantom X moves where they draw like little shadows behind him, like a blur, mm-hmm. to show that he's moving really fast, which I think is a cool effect that the artist does not tell. Yeah. And also, like, like the panel at the top right where the bullet is almost about to hit the guy, like, it, the bullet conveys no sense of motion whatsoever, so it looks yeah, like the guy is yeah. just, like, scared of a bullet or something. Like, of a, it looks like it's, just, like, resting on it. Like, he cried it. It looks like he's just <laughs> literally <laughs> crying bullets. Yeah, <laughs> Crying bullets. The Phantom X story. Um, so we cut back over to Gene and Professor X, and they're basically discussing this new Phoenix Force. Like, you know, Professor X is saying, like, listen, what you did with my brain, you know, like cutting into pieces and putting it back together. No one should be possible for that. Or nobody should be able to do that. Like, that's impossible. And she's like, well, if I can think it's possible, like, I, you know, it, that that word doesn't exist in my vocabulary. Like, I can see more of everything. I'm I'm getting I feel great. Um, And he gets out this set of silverware and they start doing this experiment. And the scene, I, I really love the scene. I think it's very cool um you know as just like a talking kind of slow scene yes mm-hmm. you know uh she starts lifting the forks and spoons and knives into kind of a crown around her in these patterns and professor xavier says like listen you know and he reaches out and touches the fork and like can you feel this and she's like yeah like i didn't know i could do that but i can feel it i can feel your pulse yeah you super know, fascinating steel. yeah that's yeah. like a whole other level because this this starts out with like oh this is beginner telekinesis like just lifting some stuff and like making patterns and he's like no 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 we're gonna do some cooler stuff than that yeah. and like the idea that yeah. she can feel that much through the stuff that she is handling is is kind of terrifying like gene gray should be gene gray should be terrifying at all times in my mind yeah um, he, you know, he basically, and he says like this, this sensitivity is known as the manifestation of the Phoenix to the neuro mystical surgeons of the Shi'ar empire. Okay. Which you could okay. just say Phoenix force. <laughs> we, we were all there. Like nobody's reading this who has not read the dark Phoenix saga, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> dial it down, Charles, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and the a great, like, again, just like wham panel. Like he's, he says, you know, the, the, the Phoenix was bad news. Like last time that happened people died we don't want that to happen and she's like it's not like that like this feels really really different i you know and they, they kind of do some psychobabble like you know it's colors on fire in every direction and when you know professor xavier touches her mind he feels like he's on a ocean of psychic light all this stuff totally into this um, by the way like I, i'm usually not yeah, here yeah. for the psychic jargon too much but wow like this all it, like colors on fire burning in every direction is so, so evocative like that's super yeah. fucking cool it's cool uh, and there's, you know, again, this like wham panel, Professor X says, Gene, can I talk to the Phoenix? We get a drawing of, of the Phoenix sitting back her, the, she's formed the forks and knives into a Phoenix crust along with her hair that's on fire and says, Gene is only the house where I live, Charles, which is like chilling and awesome. Yes. Um, when I first read this, I was certain that like the big bad was going to be the Phoenix. And I think one of the coolest things that Grant Morrison does with the whole run is subvert that expectation, right? Like, yeah. You know, you think you're going to end up with a dark Phoenix story, but the Phoenix as a force for like ultimately good, you know, and the thing that in the end of this, you know, when we go into the future and like the Phoenix burns away that timeline uh, that, that we're dealing with is like ultimately like the benevolent Phoenix is a one of the one of the gifts, I guess, that like Grant Morrison gave the, the franchise with us. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Is, is, yeah. is like because up till now like the phoenix was a terrible it was a force for evil essentially even though it was written as a as a cosmic force which which should have no real intention for good and evil it would always it always had done bad people things to died. the x-men yeah yeah people um, always die 
Um, so we cut over, you know, we go into the, where the Phoenix lives. Like they're in the psychic, they're in this like post-apocalyptic psychic cape on a big pile of dead X-Men. Um, one of the things I love, uh, just, you know, Igor Cordy, I'll give him a shout outs where he deserves them. There's this fire hydrant that just spewing blood. <laughs> yeah. Very good. <laughs> very, great. very good. Like yeah. as a guy that sells fire hydrants, <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> the, the amount of blood problem? you would have to have <laughs> to do this. Like Gary, these things are not like those things put out about 200 gallons per minute. So just imagine yeah. <laughs> yeah, 200 um, gallons of blood per minute. Yeah, yeah. The 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 BPM of all that is 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 very yes. very high. Yeah. Um, your, your blood pressure is four thousand over ninety. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but yes, he's uh. So she's she's like he's basically asking like, is this the future? Is this what's happening? And she says, no, it's not a place. It's how it feels to be the last hope and to know that you'll win against all odds. It's the wing of the phoenix touching your heart with flame. Um, yeah. Which is kind of just like phoenix jargon that i don't really get down with as much as i like the psychic jargon from earlier but it doesn't matter because like it's at during this conversation they're interrupted by like several helicopters outside of the window which is like an x-men thing if there's ever been i think the idea is supposed to be that this is we can't understand the phoenix like i think that when grant morrison is giving it that like psycho magic kind of speak he's trying to portray something that is beyond human understanding sure which is what the, the phoenix is always meant to be but they you know have never really gotten across um, so they, they cut over to the helicopter and then from the shadows, Phantom X is there. He says, you know, my apologies. I'm afraid it's me. They want, um, you know, <laughs> you can't read my mind. And one of my favorite lines, uh, you know, I heard your speech on TV and I decided to put you in a morally compromising position. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so fucking yeah, just, good. Just, yeah, good line. <laughs> Uh, man, can, can, can I just complain about cross-eyed gene on the, on the page previous? Like, Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> wow. Wow. Those eyes are Ooh. going in two totally different directions, my man. Like, yeah. Uh, art is hard Gene. art is very very yes. hard and you shouldn't and you shouldn't hurt yourself trying to do it well but goddamn you're, yeah. you're a marvel book yeah. let them let them have a month you know what i'm saying they yeah, delayed yeah. they delayed and cyberpunk let this go another yes. month <laughs> <laughs> um yeah th- this is this is what crunch looks like <laughs> exactly you know yeah. tying into cyberpunk like this was crunch like your cordy was getting crunched um, so he, he, he asked for asylum, asylum. He's like, you know, I want what it says on the tin. I'm a mutant. I demand sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they can't read then, his mind cause he has thought proof ceramic panels on his head. Um, yep. and he introduces himself as the most notorious mutant criminal in Europe. Yep. Uh, then we cut over to the away team, you know, uh, they're still kind of bantering at this point, like on the jet, Jimmy Madrox was, uh, was singing, uh, justify my love and like harmonizing with himself. Everyone's talking about, it. they're just kind of goofing. You know, they're, they're, they're talking about like, Hey, you know, somebody says, Hey, have you ever had an orgy with yourself? And you I'm know, like, Hey, is, can you, can you stop taking days of future cast bits here over here? That's our gig. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get siren to be our third host. Like, <laughs> the, um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Monet is a stick in the mud. Cause that's, you know, she's like, out of all these people, she's the only one who acts like herself. Yes. I feel like mm-hmm. Grant Morrison read one issue of generation X. Um, and knew what Monet was like because she's like real stodgy. Yeah, and they're heading into the yeah. tunnel. Uh, when we yep. go back over to Jean and Xavier, um, who were talking to Phantom X, who and Jean just says like, "Oh, they're terrified of him because they don't really know what he can do." And Phantom X says, "Oh, I'm a thief. I stole something, but in that train is something called Weapon Twelve, and also your emergency team is already dead." Um, yeah. 
And I love this weird thing that Phantom X does, which is just pour liquid over his head instead of drinking yeah, water. He, like he just he doesn't pours drink it. He pours it on his head. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's yeah. a very like a very Doom Patrol thing that I can really get into. Doom Patrol is a really good watch point, you know, kind of like marker for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and him saying your team's already dead again. We get this very cinematic cut over to uh, just chaos in the tunnels, like, and they're fighting each other as well. You know, so we see this is Darkstar has been infected here. Mm-hmm. We don't actually see that because Igor Cordy is not great at blocking stuff, but we know because uh, of later and because Siren is attacking her, um, everyone is screaming fall back and everyone's saying there's hundreds of them. Don't let them touch you. Don't let them touch you. Um, we don't really know what this looks like. The blocking in the tunnel is just like, let's draw chaos, yeah. you know, and he does draw chaos. The idea here is all the humans uh, and different multiple men that have been infected are all fighting amongst themselves. I uh yeah. I wish I wish this was like forty percent better. <laughs> like oh like, yeah, because it, it feels yeah. like what I like X Men like horror stuff via X Men is something I can get into. Like the the trailer for New Mutants finally came out, like the new New Mutants or whatever they're gonna call yeah, that yeah. movie. Uh, and like there's a vibe to that which I can really get down with. Like I'm kind of interested in to see like what a what a modern horror movie via the X Men kind of prism would look like. And there's something to that here, but everything just looks like mush. So it comes up not being scary yeah. at all. You can see how it would work in a movie. Like the idea is that it's bathed in this like a red emergency light mm-hmm. the entire time. And I think this could be very st- striking. Like, uh, you know, the other thing I was thinking about was like John Cassidy drawing this. Oh, not yeah. just to draw, you know, just pull like the two, you know, two of the best X-Men artists out of nowhere. But like just the way that he has done, like did red shaded, like, you know, scenes that are bathed in a single color of light. You know, he that, that's a, a tricky thing to do for a, a comics artist and an inker. And like, it could be very effective. And here it, it just kind of doesn't work super well. And then um, for our penultimate page, uh, we, we switch to something completely different, which is Cyclops uh, sitting down in a chair. And it's one of those like eight panel, like someone's going to walk up while they're talking and sit down and talk to somebody else. Uh, but it's Cyclops basically complaining about, not necessarily complaining about, but discussing the problems that him and Gene are having or that he has with his and Gene's relationship. Um, namely that like he feels kind of bottled up, like, uh, specifically she ran around in a corset for everyone, but with me, sensible shoes and roll necks. But like, he even right after that says, I don't know, like maybe that doesn't even matter to me, but like, maybe it does. I have no idea. Like he has changed so much and he knows that he loves Gene, but he has no idea how to love Gene as he currently is. Um, yeah. which is like fuck a fucking real thing like that's that's it's a fascinating yeah. approach to this like and he even says like the they were faking this teenage unconditional love in the face of unstoppable chaos and change um but like now we're adults and we have to deal with one another like what the fuck are we well, doing and you know he says like our lives seem so straight and safe now the idea that like a relationship can be heightened by being under constant threat you know like you know i have i am i am a, a person who has fallen out of love if i imagine myself at that moment of falling out of love and sentinels attacked me and my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> I would be as in love as I possibly have ever been like during sure. that moment. Right. Like it's like, no, no, no. Like my, those parts of your brain and those parts of your heart that need other people can flex and relax, you know, and, and kind of what he's describing here of like, yeah, we're really good under pressure. And now that we know how to do it, like we don't know how to enter the real world. Like, I don't know how to, how to live not in crisis with this person. You know, that that's a really real thing, I think. 
and even like remove the superpowers and the X-Men bullshit from this. And when he says, I'm not who I was and I can't seem to tell her who I am in case she hates what I've become. Like that's yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've, I have witnessed that with like my parents and, and you know, just them changing over time and like sticking with one another for apparently no reason. Not necessarily my parents yeah. because my parents divorced when I was one, but like my mom and step parents and all that kind of stuff situation. But like, yeah. That that thing where you can change and then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, wait, I'm just not here for this anymore. And then, yeah, Sentinel's yep. attacking your best brilliant love again. Well, um, you know, or like look at like Midsummer, right? Like she has that huge tragedy and you can't break up with her. You know, that, that's, that's the essential like mistake of that movie. And like that is, again, it's just very well observed, you know, a, a tragedy relationship, but there's no tragedy about. Um, we cut over to reveal who he's talking to, which is uh, Emma Frost. Uh, like real titty hanging out. Oh like, man, you know yeah. I I'm kind of here for sexy Emma Frost. Like I always have been. Like I think that like sure. she kind of owns her sexuality in a way that like very few other characters like as they are written seem to own. Like there's a very mm-hmm. early panel in this where like you can see the side boob of Siren as she's changing into her work uniform, and I'm like, well, that's not something that like Siren or this person would ever do. Like, right? She's just not going to be hanging boob in the middle of this like yeah. locker room. And yeah, this is just this is just not great, Gary. Like, not, <laughs> how are you going to make Emma Frost look kind of ugly? Like, what are you doing? It, it's all in the face. It's real weird. Yeah. She's got Joker, Joker face. She's got Joker yeah. face, Gary. You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> Like they give her the Joker smile, you know, uh, and just, and it's, it's pretty gratuitous. Like they wanted to make her really sexy. So like they draw her nipples pointing through her leather boob cups. Oh yeah. They super do. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it just like, they just went really extra with it and it just kind of comes off as greasy and, and unsavory in a way that is semi, you know, probably intentional because she is meant to be like a seductress Mm -hmm. in this, but it's not, I don't love it. Yeah, me either. Um, but I do love this subplot of of Scott and Emma throughout this entire series. But they, you know, really starting in the set of issues. Yep, and that's yep. the last page for this issue. So uh, yep. if, if you have enjoyed this podcast, um, actually, but before we get into the end, like what what a, like a great start to this arc. Like as much as we kind of diss the art throughout this, like this story is super interesting. Like the idea of like we're going to send some X-Men down here to go save something, but something's not quite right. And like, who is this Phantom X character? And like knowing where all of this goes, is just super, super fascinating. Like, I can't wait to get to the end. Um, it's, it's a mystery like story, you know, which is, which is pretty cool. Like he, there are elements of this that I think on first, you know, we talked about this early on on first glance that I don't think are that cool, right? Like if Phantom X, if Phantom X was literally a Mary Sue and everything he's saying was true, I would think it was lame. You know, if he just came up and he's like, yeah, I'm a super, super, supernaturally handsome mega thief. I've just managed to stay under your radar. You know, the entire time, the entire history of the X-Men. I've just stayed under your radar who have Cerebro. You know, his story doesn't add up. And then once you find out, like, yeah, it's fake. I just just popped out of a, a weird secret government thing the same way as this other thing did. And like, you know, I'm actually part of the lineage of Wolverine. Like I made a weapon, but I'm deciding not to be a weapon anymore. It's a way more relatable story. And the fact that you don't, you get that stuff kind of teased out throughout the issue does a lot to make this character that otherwise would just be a cool design and power set mm-hmm. uh, actually be a lot more interesting, I think. Yeah. Me so. too. 
Here, here, here for Phantom X. I, uh, I'm actually really looking forward to discussing because I, I read ahead a bit again because I can't stop. <laughs> I have a thing with reading the series as I start reading it. I'm like, oh yeah, I might as well go ahead and just finish the next 20 issues. What am I doing yeah. with my life? <laughs> um, but the the issue with him and Cyclops and Wolverine, uh, like later on in this arc, the is, world, is, yeah, is super yeah. super great. Uh, um, all the Chris and and that actually has one of my, um, you know, just I, I don't know how controversial it is. I feel I always get the sense that it is. But as far as artists, that I think are not great at blocking and stuff i am so in the pocket for chris piccolo um like ever since uh, i read him on generation x like i've always loved chris piccolo's art and it's it's not always clear exactly what's happening and in the world arc it is not exactly clear what's happening like at every <laughs> every given moment mm-hmm. but the individual images just look so cool to me that i will i will follow chris piccolo to a lot of dumb places <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> i give him a lot of slack so He's one of, you know, in a vacuum, he's one of my favorite artists that works on this, uh, this series. Um, good shit. Yeah. You'll just have uh, to yeah, wait like 20 something episodes for that. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, a, it'll be a while, uh, but that's only 10 weeks. Yeah. Now. Um, if, uh, if you like this, go head on over to patreon.com slash TV. You get all of, you get four episodes in a bundle mm-hmm. every two weeks, as opposed to, uh, getting them eked out. You also get a bunch of other stuff. Um, and you can also leave us ratings reviews on Apple podcasts. Yes, please do all of that. Uh, thank you to the people that have done that. And uh, thank you to the people that have said super, super nice things about the change in format. We very much appreciate it. We'll be back in a little while with more of the new X-Men. See you later, folks. These are the tales of the X-Men.